Well, hey, good morning, church. How are we doing? Doing good. It's good to see you guys. Good to have those joining us online as well. Uh, my name is Josh, and if this is your first time, we're glad to have you guys with us today. Uh, we have a really special service planned for today. Uh, we have a guest, Christy Shute, with us today, and I'm going to introduce her in just a second. We are in a series right now called Next Door, The Art of Neighboring, and it's really uh, taking what Jesus, the instructions Jesus gave us uh, when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. We're, we're trying to uh, figure out what that looks like. So in week one, we talked about the fact that God's love for us, you guys remember this? I know you do. I'll say it though, just in case you don't remember it, that God's love for us must flow through us, right? That the love that God has for us shouldn't just terminate on us, but God calls us to allow his love for us to flow through us to other people. Last week, we talked about one of the ways that we can love people is by forgiving them. And if you were here last week, it was a challenging Sunday where you were asked to let go of uh, maybe a hurt or offense or something that had been done to you um, as a way to show love to someone else. And uh, this week, I'm excited. We're going to be talking about the question, how can we love those who are hurting? How can we have compassion for people? I'll be honest with you. When I see the Sarah McLaughlin uh, adopt the dog commercials come on TV, the tearjerkers, you know, the, the sad puppy dog eyes, my first inclination is not to go, oh, I want a puppy. Uh, mine is to change the channel because I don't want to I don't want to feel the feelings of having compassion sometimes for other people. Is it okay to admit that? Am I the only one? <laughs> All right. I'm glad we can be honest. So, so there's a challenge sometimes. We, want, we do want God to help us to truly love people um, whom, whom he wants us to love. And uh, sometimes we need his help to do that, right? I think we all, all agree to that. So if you guys have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read a passage of scripture that will be kind of the the foundation of our morning together today. Uh, Luke chapter 10, and we're going to be starting in verse 25. And this is uh, known as the parable of the Good Samaritan. And this is what Jesus teaches us. Luke 10, starting verse 25. says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a pretty big question, isn't it? <laughs> it's not like, what should I do tomorrow or the next day, but how should I live my life in such a way that the end result is that I am in heaven with God for the rest of eternity? Jesus said, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. I'd be like, whoo, <laughs> got the right answer. Uh, so he asked, and who is my neighbor? This guy was really pushing it a little bit. In reply, Jesus said, I'm sorry, uh, but he wanted to justify himself. Uh, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and we saw the man he passed on the other side. And so too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. 
Look after them, after him, he said. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And so we're going to have some very practical things we're going to talk about today. Um, Christy is here to share with us about a ministry that she runs in Haiti. And uh, you may have heard over the weekend, actually, Haiti was hit with a uh, 7.2 magnitude earthquake. Um, so even more um, timely that we talk about Haiti and about the needs there. Um, to help us get a little bit of perspective, because here in the U.S., we have very little clue or idea um, how the rest of the people in the world, many people of the world, um, live. So we're going to watch a short video to help set up the context for that. So go ahead and watch this. For 167 years, ever since its revolution dislodged the French in 1804, Haiti has been torn by terror, bloodshed, and despair. Today, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Most of her five million people live at bare subsistence level. The average annual income for a Haitian is Bloodshed and despair. Haiti has been torn Haiti by been terror, torn by bloodshed, terror, torn bloodshed, by terror, and despair. bloodshed and despair. Christy, it's an honor to have you here with us today. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, Christy uh, comes from a long ways away. She lives in Troy, Michigan. So, um, Quite the journey. Yeah, so, so Christy is a Detroit uh, native. And, uh, but uh, Christy, would you mind telling us, um, so we're talking about Kingdom Kids Homes, and it's an orphanage in Haiti. And uh, as a church, we have uh, just a few strategic partnerships. Um, we try to, try to uh, focus our partnerships on a couple key things. That way we can have a greater impact in those areas. And Kingdom Kids Homes is actually our first 
uh, global partnership. It sounds so fancy and so amazing. It is kind of cool, but uh, our first uh, major global partnership, and I'm really looking forward to um, just being able to, to dive in there together. Um, would you mind telling us, um, just tell us a little bit about your background, uh, who you are, and uh, tell us about Kingdom Kids. And uh, I, I've heard this story a couple of times. I love hearing uh, what God has done uh, in and through Christy. So just go ahead and uh, take it away. Tell us about everything. Thank you. I'm glad you love hearing it because you've heard it a lot <laughs> a few now. Times, <laughs> so yeah. I, I've told it a lot, and honestly, I never get sick of telling it because it's such a God story. But first off, I just want to say thank you to all of you guys, especially Pastor Josh and Raylan and everyone here at Evident Church. And thank you for all the support and for just being a dedicated church partner with Kingdom Kids. I'm excited to be here this morning in person sharing um, a little bit more with you guys about what Kingdom Kids Homes does and our mission and how you guys um, can be more involved. But um, it's a long story, as, as Josh said. I grew up here in, in Michigan, and then I moved away when I was 18 to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to school. And just two years ago, I actually served on staff at a church down there for six years while starting Kingdom Kids. And then two years ago, I moved back um, to Michigan where all my family is and I have no intentions of moving away. <laughs> so, unless God leads me somewhere else, but he won't. <laughs> just kidding. Uh-oh. <laughs> I love Michigan. Uh-oh. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding, God. <laughs> um, anyways, but um, the story of how Kingdom Kids started is such a God story. So, we have an orphanage there with 16 children, and I, a lot of people look at me and say, how did that start? Actually, a girl just asked me yesterday. We had a event, and I was like, honestly, we're going to have to go to lunch or coffee because I can't sum it up in two minutes. But um, it's such a God story. God's hand's been, been all over it. But to start off, you know, ever since a young age, I've always felt called to missions. And that's why I love doing work and missions work, especially with children, because I know God can speak to anybody. You don't have to be a certain age, certain experience level. God can speak to anybody, no matter how young or even how old. He can speak to people. He can put dreams on people's hearts, visions in people's hearts. He can use people, no matter how young or how old you are. So... When I was six years old, I went to a Christian school here in Michigan, and I was sitting in chapel service, and that's when I first remember ever hearing the voice of God. I was in first grade, and I heard God speak to me and say, Christy, I want you to be a missionary when you grow up, and I want you to go around the world and tell people about me. It was as simple as that, and you know how when you're young, everybody always asks, what do you want to be when you grow up? And ever since that day, that's what I would always say. When people would ask me, I'd say, I'm going to be a missionary you know, when I, when I grow up. That's what I really have always felt called to do. So growing up throughout my high school years, I would go on missions every summer. I would just try to immerse myself in that and be involved in that world as best I could, just learning and just soaking in everything I could about what it would take to be missionary, be involved in an organization. And so I went off to school at Oral Roberts University, which is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at 18. And I was always, my big dream was always to get to that school and to move down there. So I finally was down there. And I started praying, okay, God, what's next? Like, I always, I never just want to be sitting on the sidelines or stagnant in my walk with Christ at all. So I started praying, God, okay, I'm here. I'm so excited. What do you have next for my life? So I was praying for that. And I always say you have to be careful what you pray for because God will show up. And yeah, like, will like not wanting answer. to leave Michigan. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I should not have okay. said that. Yeah, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you got to be careful what you pray for. So I... Um, was praying what's next, and during my freshman year, I was 18 years old, I got this vision where I saw myself cutting a ribbon, all these little foreign kids running in, exploring a brand new house, jumping on brand new beds, all excited, and God spoke to me in that moment and said, Christy, I want you to start an orphanage, and I thought, okay, that makes sense, you know, I felt called to missions from a young age, I absolutely love kids, 
Orphans have always been huge on my heart. That makes a lot of sense. And then he said, I want you to do this while you're young and in college. I want you to get this started. And I laughed, and I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, how, would, how do you do something like that? I said, I, I don't even know the first step I would take, like, in the right direction to do something like that. They don't have a class at ORU, how to start your first orphanage, one-on-one. <laughs> like, that'd be amazing, but they don't have that. I don't, I don't know and what to should. do. And they, they should. should. Someone said to me, you should go back and teach that. I was like, I don't even know <laughs> what to go. say. But, but um, and uh, I was like, you know, I'm 18. I, I don't have the money for that. Even if I raise the money for that, how would I even keep that up? And... I thought, that sounds crazy. Like, I think it sounds crazy. So even if I said that thought out loud to anybody else, of course, they would think it was crazy. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. And so I remember I went back to my bedroom, and I was sitting at my desk. I remember it like it was yesterday, and this was back in 2012. But it's kind of having that dialogue, that conversation with God. And um, he said, you know, Christy, people thought Noah was crazy when I asked him to build a big boat, and he saved all mankind. So... It's like, all right, fine. <laughs> he got me there. I said, okay, God, I will do this for you. I said, but you have to plop every single thing I need to get this done right in my lap. And if you do that, like, I'm in. I'm saying yes. But if you don't, I'm out because I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to start something like that. And I know I can't do it without you. So if you plop everything I need in my lap, okay. So I just kind of chalked that up to be some nice idea I had in my head, not... God at all, and didn't tell a soul, and just went about my life, and then about two months later, I was still a freshman, I was in my dorm, 18 years old, and I had the exact same vision again, where I saw myself cutting ribbon, all these little foreign kids running in, exploring a brand new house, jumping on brand new beds, and God said, Christy, I want you to start an orphanage while you're young and in college for around 20 kids in Haiti, so that time, I was totally freaked out, (laughs) he gave me a little bit more, and I was like, oh shoot, you know, this is something God really wants me to do. That wasn't just a nice idea I had in my head. This is God. He brought it up again, gave me the same vision. It's giving me a little bit more this time. I was very freaked out and overwhelmed, like, how is this going to happen? But I went to my dorm room, and I started researching just facts about Haiti. I had never been there before. It wasn't really on my radar at all, and just was reading all these heartbreaking statistics about the kids there and just their lifestyle there. And I said, okay, God, I still (laughs) have no clue how this is going to get done or how to even go about this. But I'm saying yes because this is clearly a burden you've put on my heart and a call and something that it's of you, definitely not me. I didn't come up with that on my own, and Mm -hmm. you want me to do this. So I'm saying yes, but again, you have to provide. So I was nervous, and it was a big yes, but slowly I just started to pray about that vision and that dream, and I slowly just started to connect with people who did work in Haiti or someone who I thought could help me and I went on a mission trip to Haiti that summer for two weeks. Like I said, I'd never been there before, didn't know much about it at all. So Mm -hmm. I thought, if I'm called to do something here, I probably want to (laughs) go check out the country and just see if, you know, this is where God wants me to start things. And God really confirmed through that trip that that's where it was supposed to be. So I slowly just started to pray and let God grow the vision in my heart and just speak to me about what it was all supposed to look like over the next couple years. And like I said, I slowly started to connect with people. I didn't tell hardly anybody, you know, what I was up to or what I was doing, but um, so that's what I did for a couple years, and then in summer 2014, this is right before I started my senior year of college, I had a trip planned to Haiti for one week, and I had a lot of meetings lined up, and I remember I was so nervous um, before this trip, and I actually remember reading in Joshua, and how he said, fear not, I will go, go to every place I send you, mm-hmm. I will give you the land, you know, he was telling Joshua, I'm going to be with you 
every place you step your foot, I'm going to give you the land, things like that. So I, for weeks leading up to that trip, I would pray, God, you got to go before me. you got to be with me. Give me the land, because we were looking for a place to put the orphanage. It's like, go with me every place. You know, I step my foot. you gotta be, you got to be with me, because this is a huge trip. I don't go down to Haiti all the time. I have one week to figure out a lot of things. So I go on this trip, and I had a lot of meetings lined up. My first meeting was with an American missionary who moved his family to Haiti, and he lived in Haiti full-time. His name was Tommy. And he told me about this horrible orphanage um, where basically the man running it, I say orphanage because it wasn't really an orphanage, the man running it was a Haitian con artist. He would take kids away from their families, and he would say, I'm going to give your kids a better life. But really, he wasn't. And the kids were extremely malnourished. When I got there, no clothes. They lived in slabs, between like slabs like concrete, no roof, no beds. It was horrible. Mm. And um, this guy would bring Americans back there, and he'd say, look, like these kids are dying. I need money to help them and feed them. And the Americans would give him money, and then he'd spend all the money on himself. So he's basically using the kids to get money. And unfortunately, that's a common situation in third world nations, especially Haiti. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to show me this orphanage. And I said, yes, I want to see that. So we spent about an hour there. And along with Tommy, the missionary, was his Haitian translator and main Haitian contact, a Haitian guy named Robinson. And we're walking back from this horrible orphanage, this horrible scene, and Robinson is just fired up, and he's venting to me about how frustrated he is that this situation's going on, and Tommy and him were trying to get it shut down, but the government wasn't doing anything, and he's really upset. And I thought, man, this guy's super passionate. <laughs> and um, as he's talking, God speaks to me and says, Christy, ask Robinson to be involved with the orphanage. And I was like, no way. <laughs> that is so weird. I just met him an hour ago. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. I'm not doing that. But then I thought, you know, if I don't obey this prompting from the Holy Spirit, this little nudge to do something, I could be missing out on a huge opportunity here. Even though I feel weird, even though I don't even know what he's going to say, I, mm -hmm. I have to obey this. So I said, so Robinson, if you get these kids rescued, like where are they going to go? And he said, we'll try to spread them out to good orphanages in the area. And I was so, so, so nervous, and I kind of stuttered my way through the ask. But I said, so, uh, you know, I'm here in Haiti because I like, uh, want to like start an orphanage here. <laughs> Is that something you might ever want to be involved with? And he said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so vague, but I took that and ran with it, and I just started sharing with him all the things that God had put on my heart to do. And he stopped me as I was talking. He said, are you a Christian? Is this a Christian orphanage, Christian thing? And I said, oh, yes. I said, of course, that's the whole purpose. I said, it's first and foremost bring these kids in and just lay a foundation of faith for them. I said, but after that, I want this house to be a discipleship program where we're bringing these kids in, teaching them how to do hands-on ministry. They're the ones going out, laying hands on people, praying for them, sharing their testimony, leading people in the prayer of salvation, leading people in worship. I said, because they're going to live in Haiti, and they're going to be the people that bring the ultimate change to Haiti, not me or an American mission mm -hmm. team that's here for a week, but I want to raise up the next generation of leaders here to go out and shine light for Jesus and bring people into the kingdom. So that's why it's called Kingdom Kids. We bring kids into the kingdom of God and we equip them, empower them, and release them to go out and bring other people mm -hmm. into the kingdom of God. So, so I cool. said all that and Robinson said, that's my dream. He said, my whole life I felt called to start an orphanage. People come to me all the time. They ask me to help, be involved, he said. And I usually say no because they all want to help kids, but they leave God out of it. Your whole thing centered around Jesus. Like, I'm in. I want to help you. So I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> awesome. This is my first day in Haiti, too. I was and like, you're like 20, you 21 years old. I was 21, yeah, yeah, at the time. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so I just said, okay, you know, I need some places to put this. Do you know of any land? And so 
couple days later, we went out and looked at land, and it's, it's honestly a long story, which we don't have time to get into all the details today, but to sum it up, Robinson had a guest house that he was using um, to just house missionaries when they came to town, and um, he always felt called to have that guest house be an orphanage. So when I came and I saw the guest house, I said, what if we made this the orphanage? Like, what if we made the necessary renovations and improvements and we had the kids here? He said, that's been my dream my entire life. When I got this house, my dream was to have it be an orphanage. And he had two bunk beds in there. He said, I started to make it an orphanage. He said, then I realized I'd never be able to keep that up and take care of my family. So I've kind of put that dream on hold. He said, but I think God's brought me and you together so we could reach our God-given dream together and start an orphanage here. And I'm, I think you're right, you know, crying. <laughs> and it was such a God meeting and just mm -hmm. completely a God story. Um, the coolest part of that story, though, is um, we, when we were about to open the orphanage, like uh, the day before, we were commissioning our house staff. So a lot of people ask, like, if you're here in America, and I live here <laughs> full time, but how is things going in Haiti? We have 26 total Haitians on staff, but 10 are at the orphanage that help run it every day, nannies, security guards, social workers, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so we were commissioning our house staff, and Robinson got up, and he was sharing the story of how he and I met. And he said, my dream and the call of God in my life, my whole life has been to have an orphanage and to run an orphanage, he said. And people know that, and they'd come to me all the time, and they'd say, Robinson, I want to partner with you to start an orphanage. And he'd say, I get so excited, and I would go back and pray about it. And every time I would pray, I would get a no from God or not yet, or nope, it's not the time. He said, and I would get discouraged and confused because I was like, God, if this is what you called me to do, when opportunity literally comes knocking on my door, why am I having to say no? Mm -hmm. And so he said, on the day I was walking to Tommy's house and the day I met Christy, God spoke to me and said, today's the day you're going to meet the person that's going to help you start the orphanage. So he said, that's and awesome. then Christy said, I'm here to start an orphanage, and I was like, whoa, God, this is the person? So I was <laughs> like, yeah, you probably didn't expect a 21-year-old college student, you know, a girl at the time, but yeah. um, God awesome. can use anybody. So that's kind of this quick version of the story of how I even got hooked up in mm -hmm. Haiti, you know, how I even met um, the person that helps do everything, how we got the house. And so we opened it that summer, right after I graduated from college, June 2015 is when it opened. Okay, okay. And we got connected, um, a friend of mine, uh, invited us to one of your fundraising galas. Gala sounds so much more better than banquet, so <laughs> it was a fundraising gala. And it was a lot of fun, and uh, I think we went maybe two years in a row mm -hmm. and just uh, fell in love with your heart, uh, your, your faith, your willingness to step out, and uh, just was very exciting uh, to see what, what God was doing. Um, and when we met, uh, actually February of 2020, our leadership team met with Christy. We actually have a picture of that, if our tech team can uh, grab that for us. Uh, we snapped the picture of this, uh, February of 2020, before things got, got, you guys remember 2020? You guys remember last year? Uh, before things got really crazy. And, uh, and we began this partnership, this relationship, and uh, we felt like God was putting on our hearts to get involved with what you're doing. Um, so we have a couple of pictures from the early days of Kingdom Kids. I grabbed these off your Instagram. Uh, as things were kicking off uh, in the early days, 2014, 2015, yeah. Yeah. that's from August of 2014. Going to go to the next couple of pictures here, some more pictures of, of Haiti. And then this is actually, uh, so the orphanage has 16 kids. And uh, if, just real quickly, so the idea of this orphanage is not necessarily to have people come adopt the kids, mm -hmm. but to have uh, 16 kids kind of raised as a family, yeah. and then they can become leaders in their community. Is yeah, that right? For sure. Yeah. So there's, this is the first picture we ever got of our kids. Like, those were texted to me before I ever met any of them, saying, here's the final 16 kids. So we That's have awesome. eight boys and eight girls, and it's so cute <laughs> to see how little they were. But 
When we first started, they were between the ages of two and nine, and now they're between the ages of eight and 15. So they've really all grown up, and it's been just That's the awesome. biggest blessing to see them all. That's grow awesome. Up. It's kind of like the Brady Bunch right there. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, then this is a picture of really your dream yeah, becoming reality. The minute that, yep, I actually saw a purple ribbon in my head. So That's <laughs> so awesome. We got a purple <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. And that, is that Robinson there in the picture? Yep, as so well? he's right there in the light purple shirt. Yeah. Holding that's the ribbon. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. This was June 28th of 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the front porch area of the orphanage. So That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, I'm going to jump back for a second into the, uh, the Good Samaritan story. Um, and uh, I'm just curious, as we read that story, that parable, what are some things that stand out to you that maybe should be, could be some challenges for us? Yeah, I love that question. And I love that um, parable is actually one of my favorite parables in the Bible and one that honestly really speaks to me personally. But one thing that really stands out when I hear or read that passage is just the idea of going after the one. And I, I really relate to it because, and I hope I wouldn't be like the other two men that passed somebody by, but I don't know about you guys, but I know in our society and our culture here in America, we have a lot going on. We all have schedules. I know about you, but I love my planner. I have a planner. It's actually color-coded. And I, <laughs> I have a plan, like, every day of what I'm doing. And I know we're busy. You know, we got kids in school, driving people to soccer practice. I got to meet so-and-so for dinner. I have a meeting, things like that. We have a lot going on. I think we all do. Different seasons of life might look different. But I hope if I was walking by on that road that I wouldn't have passed that guy by. But it just is a great reminder to always look for the one that needs a touch from God. Always look for the one that needs encouragement. Always look for the one that needs ministering to. And I pray for my life personally, and sometimes I might drop the ball on this, or I need a reminder, but that I can always be seeing people. And I don't mean just to see you <laughs> with my physical mm -hmm. eye, but actually to see people. That I'm not so busy that I'm just going about my schedule and about my life, that I don't have time to stop and minister to somebody, that I don't have time to stop and pray for somebody, or encourage somebody that maybe needs a touch or witness to somebody, invite somebody to church. Because there's moments like, like that, people that need Jesus and a touch from him every single day. Mm -hmm. And I love missions trips, obviously. You know, I run an organization that takes people on, on trips, and missions is huge on my heart. But it's so important to be reminded that every day, and this sounds maybe cliche, but it's so true, every day you're on a missions field. Like every day you're passing people, maybe the person sitting next to you in your cubicle doesn't know Christ, or maybe the person on your Zoom meeting, maybe mm. <laughs> it's more relevant in today's <laughs> world. But there's people around us all the time that are hurting, they need hope, help, that they need a touch from the Lord. And I hope I'm not like those men who are just going about their day and say, oh, shoot, I have to be at this in 10 minutes. I don't have time to stop. Or I have all these other things going on. Best of luck. But I hope I can really see people like that Samaritan did and see they need Jesus, they need encouragement. I want to be intentional about finding the one person. And, you know, we do a lot of awesome ministry things through Kingdom Kids and stuff, but if there's one person whose life gets changed, and hopefully there's been more than one, but if there's one, you know, it makes it mm -hmm. all worth it. So I think as I hear this story, it's just so important to not be so about ourselves, our own priorities, but to be a little bit more kingdom-minded or mm -hmm. even eternity-minded and say, God, I'm only here on this earth for I don't even know how long. Hopefully it's a lot of years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but for whatever time I have here, I want you to use me, you to use me to advance your kingdom, use me for your glory, and I want you to use me to see people and really go out of my way to love my neighbor. So your neighbor might be in Haiti, it might be going on a missions trip to Haiti or somewhere else, 
or it might just literally be your next-door neighbor, mm -hmm. the person across the street, the person sitting in the desk next to you at school, the person whose locker yeah. is next to you. You know, they're all around us, and every day we have an opportunity to minister um, to people. So we, when hearing this parable, I'm like, I hope I don't forget to mm -hmm. really see people and go after the one because I'm so caught up in my own life or my own priorities. Yeah, and it's, it's really cool. Jesus uh, takes it away from your neighbor being something based on location. Mm -hmm. you know, we think of neighbor as like the person right next door to us. Yeah. But he says basically it's how you treat people. You become a neighbor to somebody else by how you love them, how you treat them. And so, yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about what's next then for you. So you guys are working on a new project. Mm -hmm. um, it's called, uh, what's it called? House of Hope. House of Hope. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that and how that came about. Yes, yeah, so House of Hope is our another big project we're about to open, actually, this next month in Haiti, and we've been working on it really since 2017, and this came about, it's another long story and a God story, so unfortunately I don't have time to get into every single detail today, but when we were starting Kingdom Kids, um, I was on the phone with Robinson one day, this was like April before it opened in June 2015, so I was a senior in college, and I was on the phone with Robinson, and he was saying, you know, sister, it's so hard, because as they were screening kids and families, to accept them into the orphanage. We only accepted kids who were true orphans, no parents at all, or who came from a single parent home. Most of them only had a mom, and in Haiti, women can't get jobs like they can't here in America, so if you only have a mom, they really don't have a way to provide for their children. So that's who we took in, but Robinson was saying, it's really tough because all of these people need help, and they come, they're crying, they're so upset, and we, we can't accept them because we're only accepting true orphans or single parents and they have two parents, but they are in desperate need of help, and he's like, sister, you know, we need to start thinking about something to help these families and to support these families, and I was like, that sounds amazing, but I can't think of that right now. I said, we're about, we haven't even opened the orphanage yet, you know, I'm just trying to graduate <laughs> from college next month, like, take my finals and stuff, make it through all my, my senior paper, you know, I, yeah. I was like, I'll think about that maybe a time down the road, but right now, let's just focus on the orphanage, but that was in the back of my mind, and in the coming weeks, I was thinking about it, and I actually remember I was sitting at a stoplight in Tulsa, where I was living at the time, and God just said, this is how you're going to help them. Start House of Hope, have it be a community center, and he gave me the name, you know, right then and there, mm -hmm. and said, have it be a community center in a place where people who are hopeless can go to get hope in where their practical needs can be met. So have it be a place where they can come get meals, bags of food, kind of like a food pantry. Have it be a medical clinic where they can come get medical care. Have there be a place of worship where you can do worship nights and conference mm -hmm. nights and a place where they have a bathroom to go take a shower, wash their face in a sink, use a toilet, which sounds simple, but there they don't have simple sanitation mm -hmm. systems. They don't have bathrooms, you know, like we do. So it's a huge game changer for them. But just have it be a place where people who are without hope, hurting, can go and find hope and hope mainly through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, that's a great idea, but <laughs> I can't handle it right now. But it was always in the back of my mind. So flash forward to 2017, we purchased land, and that's really when we kicked off the project. And I think you guys saw in that first opening video, there was that team circled up um, praying in the middle of an open space of land. That was our land, still is, but now mm -hmm. there's a bunch of buildings on it. Mm -hmm. And it looks good. But um, So that's kind of when we launched the project. And it's been such a faith walk. And as we got closer to starting it, I really felt God was putting on my heart to make it a school, a Christian school, and I was resistant to that, but then God really spoke to me, and that's a long story too, mm -hmm. but um, I said, okay, I know we're supposed to make this a Christian school too. So it's going to be a Christian school and community center where all of our students, we're about to welcome in 43 students next month, all these children have never been to any kind of a school before. 
we actually had a search committee that went out and found kids that were the in the worst of the worst situations and kids that would never have been to school or would never have the chance to go to school if something like House of Hope didn't step in. Mm -hmm. So that's who our 43 students are, so we're gonna welcome them in next month, but it's also gonna be a place where we not only educate the kids, but support their families through meals, sanitation, worship nights, a medical clinic, and also most importantly, where we teach them all and introduce them all to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, that's awesome. So we're gonna watch a short video. We're gonna introduce you to somebody named Holando. And uh, he's one of the original kids. He's yeah. 15, so 15 he's 15 years old now. now. He's 14 when this video is filmed. But okay. he's 15. He's the oldest boy at the orphanage, Kingdom Kids Home. All right. Go ahead and watch this. Hello. I'm Orlando. I live at Kingdom Kids Home. I'm 14. My favorite subject is English. I love to play soccer. I love to play. I love when I'm with my Christie, Melissa, <laughs> with all the American and with Jensen, with Fabio Nelson. I love when I play with my brothers <laughs> and my sisters too. So, my name is Fabio My name is Shia Vincent. Same to you, Papa. Papa. May you be a part of this kingdom.
Let's go ahead and uh, celebrate that. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, so one of the ways that we've been involved with Kingdom Kids Homes as a church is uh, during 2020, uh, we felt, uh, so as we've been working on our own building project, we feel very strongly that God still con- calls us to continue to be generous even though we have our own needs, right? I think the same thing for all of us. So we felt like it'd be very important for us to, in the midst of trying to raise money for what we're trying to do, um, also be open-handed and generous. And so last year, through your giving, uh, we were able to give $25,000 to Kingdom Kids Homes um, to help them build Hope Hall as a part of their uh, House of Hope um, area. So uh, we have, have some pictures. Christy texted these to me a few months ago, and uh, we have a couple pictures of what, the, it looks better, different than this it's now. It's all painted now, yeah. there's no <laughs> gravel. This is what it looked like floor. a few months ago. There's a lot of benches in there now, too, a few. Yeah, and so this is going to be used for uh, a worship space. Mm-hmm. Uh, church is going to be in there eventually. Uh, it's going to be used for outreach events, yeah. and just all kinds of ministry will take place there. Uh, we have a short little video as well that Christy sent me a few months ago. Go ahead and uh, play that. So that's the entrance right there where the red, red doors okay. are. I'm a little bit jealous. You guys are going to be in this space starting next month, right? Yeah. We're about a month behind you guys, oh, maybe a month or two behind so you guys. Cool so, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. But that's, that's so awesome. And uh, so we want to share that with you guys, give you guys an update. I, it's really neat to think about, um, you know, our church here in Chesterfield, Michigan, being able to have an impact um, in a part of another part of the world. And uh, I just love that. Uh, we're very excited as well. Uh, we're actually taking the team down there um, at the end of this year between Christmas and New Year's. We're going to get to see the work that's taking place there. We're going to get to meet uh, Robinson and, and some of the kids and get to do ministry with them. Uh, so very excited for that. Um, so what I want to do next, uh, we're going to kind of wrap things up here. Uh, but I want to give some practical steps, some practical things that you guys can take away. And there's two main things that you could do. Um, you could either sign up to go on this mission trip that we're talking about, and we'll give some more details. We have about 15 to 20 people from our church that are already signed up to go. Uh, our plan was to go tw- Christmas of 2020, but God had other plans, something about a worldwide pan- pandemic, you know, but, uh, but we're, we're going this Christmas between Christmas and New Year's, um, and uh, we have people from other churches joining us as well, but there's still room if you'd like to go, um, you can go, you can talk to Christy about that today, uh, sign up deadline for that is by September 17th. Um, a second thing that you can get involved in is uh, they're looking for people to sponsor children uh, for the upcoming school year. And she has pictures. Uh, one of the cool things is if you do choose to sponsor a child and then you go on a trip eventually, you, can, you could meet them. Yeah, that'd be really cool. 
Uh, this is a relationship we hope to have uh, long-term with Kingdom Kids. We hope this isn't the only uh, team that we send there. Um, so we want you guys to become very familiar with what, with what they're doing and what God's doing there. So, so those are some of the ways. Um, another practical way, you could just take a backpack as well, right? We're just talking about practical ways to serve people and take care of people's needs. So um, is there anything else that you'd want to share, um, maybe about the sponsorship or about any of that as we wrap up? Yeah, I'm so excited that we have a group from Evident finally coming yes, after delaying yes. it, unfortunately, a year. But coming to Haiti this Christmas, we're so excited. Um, those mission trips are honestly life-changing. Yeah. I always say I love missions because you go with the goal to impact and change someone else's life. But then in the midst of all that, in that process, your life also gets touched and changed too. And every trip I've gone on, I come back never the same. God's always taught me something new. My perspective's been broadened and um, God just always does a work in my life and I go frequently so it's just yeah. so cool too to awesome. see how God impacts the people we serve but also the missionaries life too but when it comes to sponsoring kids if you're you know not able to go that is a huge need we have right now is I mentioned we're about to open House of Hope next month and welcome in 43 new students I haven't met any of these kids yet so on our trip in September we're taking a team down of 20 missionaries to celebrate the grand opening of House of Hope um, September 11th and we'll open it September 13th it will welcome in all of our 43 new students that will be their first week of school so it's very exciting and a huge deal but all of these students need sponsors so we have child sponsors for all of our kids at Kingdom Kids Home and I love that video of Holando um, because we just asked him those simple questions and he he said all that but it's really awesome. cool to see how much life change has happened in him and you read it but he does feel the call of God on his life to be a pastor when he grows up and so that's really our goal through Kingdom Kids Home our orphanage through House of Hope through every ministry we start now and in the future we want to raise these kids up to be the next generation of leaders and we want them to dream big dreams and know God has a plan for your life God is calling you to do something great we don't want you to just live an average, normal life, but we want you to know God and to go out and make a huge impact for the kingdom of God with whatever you do. So that's how we're discipling our kids and what we're teaching them. And we're going to do the exact same thing with all of our students that are about to be welcomed into House of Hope. We're going to disciple them. First and foremost, we're going to introduce them to Jesus because right now none of them know the Lord, to my knowledge, and none of them have ever been to school before, and they wouldn't be able to without House of Hope. And think about your own life. If you hadn't been to school or aren't currently going to school, you wouldn't know how to read, write, probably wouldn't have your job <laughs> today because you kind of, those are essential. You know, you need those things to yeah. function in our society. So we're excited to do that. But sponsorship does change lives, and it starts at $40 a month, which isn't a lot when you think about it. I always, I like Starbucks, so I say that's giving up maybe for couple Starbucks drinks, you know, mm -hmm. a month, or yeah. um, it's giving up maybe eating out one meal at a restaurant a month. But it's, so it's something small that you can do, but it makes a huge difference in their lives right now, their future, mm -hmm. and honestly, where they're going to spend eternity. So we have all of our students out at the table. I'll be there. My, my sister will also be out there after service if you want to stop by and look at the kids. It's just $40 um, a month, and it makes a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Melissa, I noticed you got a shout out in the video from Holando. Yeah, I think you did. So, um, well, I'm going to have the worship team come up. And uh, Chrissy, we're going to close this service a little bit different than we did the last time. Um, I would love to spend some time praying for you and for Kingdom Kids. Um, and I'm going to, would you mind just standing down here? Melissa, would you mind coming up as well? You didn't know you're going to be up front in front of people. Uh, and then anybody else who's here that's going to be going on the mission trip, could you guys come up here real quick? We're just going to lay hands on Christy and Melissa and pray for them. And I uh, will close that way. So, yeah.
Can you guys come on up? Just don't waste any time. Come on up. Okay. Come on up. Just come, kind of come up right here around Christy, and uh, we're going to pray with them. And we have a few more people. We will have a commissioning service for our own team um, later this year, but I just want to have a chance right now for us to pray for Christy and for Melissa. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and, and pray together. Um, God, I feel like you've impressed on my heart to tell, that you want to tell Christy that she's doing a great job, that you are so proud of her. And God, we're grateful for her faith. We're grateful for that example and that model. And uh, God, please um, let her know, reassure that you will supply all of their needs. God, you have everything um, under your control and you are guiding and directing them. Um, so keep doing, God, all the amazing things you've done. Uh, we know that you'll continue to be faithful. We are excited for this grand opening uh, for, uh, for House of Hope coming up in September. Um, please make everything go smoothly for that as the kids are getting ready to kick off this school year. I pray this is the beginning of uh, just a brand new life for them, that you'd supply all of the, uh, the staff that's needed, all the resources that are needed, and that you would help uh, Christy to just have peace and uh, keep their team safe as they go. And God, would you prompt us, however you want us to be involved, God, we want to say yes. And so if, if more people are being prompted to go on this trip, God, please place that in our hearts. If you want us to sponsor kids, God, we can sacrifice and we can sponsor kids. And uh, God, just thank you for calling us into this mission that you've given to us. Uh, we ask for your blessing. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you guys give Christy a hand? You guys can go ahead and stand with us.